0: Hi guys, it's Real Talk with Tracy. What am I going to talk about today? I am going to talk about something that is very personal. It's scary. I'm going to be very honest and vulnerable. And I'm going to open myself up to whoever listens to this. It's the kind of thing that most people will not talk about. Because there's a lot of shame involved, and people don't want to admit their insecurities or their downfalls, or when it comes to mental illness, they don't want to admit they have any issues. So where do we begin? As a kid, I had a lot of anxiety. I remember having like a little magic lamp in my room, one of those that looked like a genie would come out if you rub it. And I remember, I would think to myself, okay, I have three seconds. I have to touch the lamp and then I have to get in bed within those three seconds because if not, something really bad is going to happen. Why did I think that? Probably because I've always had OCD and I didn't even really realize it. So in 1994... When there was the big earthquake in California, the Northridge earthquake, it shook me to the core. It shook me so hard that I had a huge, heavy-duty onset of OCD. And with the onset of OCD came suicidal thinking and suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideations, um, really planning how I was gonna do it. The reason why I wanted to do it was because my mind was becoming my enemy and I was not allowed to relax. I was not allowed to have peace of mind. I was not allowed to have any quiet. I remember walking my Portuguese water dog When we had a townhome, I remember walking down the street in Saugus with my Portuguese water dog, and I remember talking to myself because I wanted the thinking to stop, the constant worrying, the constant hamster on that little, you know, on that little thing that they, you know, jog on, the little wheel, round and around and around and around and around. My wheel could not stop. And I was freaking miserable. Um, I remember talking to myself walking down the street as I was walking my dog and I thought to myself, Oh my God, homeless people do this. You see crazy people on the street and they're talking to themselves. So I was, I was really in trouble guys. Um, At one point, my husband and I started sleeping separately because I had a job as a sales manager where I had to drive all over the place and I needed a good night's sleep and we both snored. So I was sleeping in a separate room from him. I had the bigger bedroom, which was really nice of him to give me the bigger bedroom. And he had this gym lifting equipment It was like this tower, what is it, like the tower of power or something, but it's this equipment where I couldn't do it, but you know, he, he would work out a lot. He would grab these two handles up there and he would do pull-ups and it was really high and really tall and really sturdy. And I remember laying in bed just contemplating how I was going to hang myself on this thing. Um... And, you know, why, why was I having these thoughts? Because I was in a huge amount of emotional distress. I was in a huge amount of emotional pain. I finally went and saw a psychiatrist, which I thought was only for weak people, only losers, only weak people, see psychiatrists, people that have mental illnesses. But guess what? Guys, that was me. Holy shit. So I go in and I have had now the same psychiatrist for over 25 years. I went on Prozac and I got to tell you, I was hanging by uh, my fingernails, literally on a cliff. There were so many times I really came close and even after Prozac guys a lot of suicidal thoughts I remember working for a very if I say the name you'll know who it is I won't say the name but a very well known skincare company and I was under an enormous amount of pressure I had about a seven million dollar territory And I had one sales rep who went out on medical stress leave. Hey, that should have been a clue. I want to work here. So I had a huge territory. I had to work with reps every day and oversee them. I also had to work her territory, which was a little bit of a rough territory in Lancaster, California and Palmdale. And I had to answer probably 50 to 60 to 70 emails. Every day when I would get home, I was constantly bombarded with work. I was drowning. And I thought many times just about, you know, driving off an overpass. You know, those bridges you go over and you think, wow, you know, if somebody's tire were to blow and they drove off of here, my God, they would probably kill themselves. I thought about driving into a wall because I thought it would be better to kill myself than to fail. And I was under so much incredible stress at that job that I thought my death would be better than being a failure. So what happened? Luckily, I talked myself out of it and I wound up having... A nervous breakdown. I had a nervous breakdown. I was working with a new rep who just left the banking industry to work for me because she thought I was so amazing and the company was so amazing. And I remember my little bitchy Napoleon boss, he called me in the morning and he was constantly always pushing on me and micromanaging me. And he was saying, you know, if you don't get it together, if she doesn't make her numbers, you know, granted, I was making my numbers, guys. I was making my numbers. I was working through every fucking weekend and making my numbers. And I remember going to one of the CEOs of the company and saying, you know, I feel like I'm breathing with a plastic bag over my head. Um, I'm working every weekend. And he pretty much told me, You know, you're a manager, you know, that's, (laughs) that's what we do. And I'm thinking, yeah, but you're a CEO getting paid two or $300,000 a year. I'm not making that kind of money and I have to have a good night's sleep every night. I have to drive really far. Um, It was, it was really hard and I finally just had a breakdown and you know, this was after I already had my first bouts with OCD. This was after I was still on Prozac. I was traveling a lot. At one point I was traveling 50% of the time. I was doing a lot of public speaking. All eyes were on me to be terrific and wonderful. And I'll tell you, I fooled a lot of people for a long time. I remember when I was working for an international beauty company, I remember having to go to San Diego from the San Fernando Valley, which is like two and a half hours at least. I had to get up in front of 80 people. I had to give a two hour class on hair color. And I had to be funny and charming and wonderful and, you know, do the whole tap dance, da-da-da-da, here I am, everybody thinks I'm so amazing, everybody thinks I'm so strong, that I got my shit together, and all I want to do, guys, is drive off a bridge or take a handful of sleeping pills, so just to make the pain stop, just to make an enormous amount of of emotional pain, stop. And as I'm recording this, you guys, I've had a beautiful day. I saw a friend. I went and had a consultation on a dental implant I'm going to get. I talked to my husband on the phone. I am not in that place right now, guys. I am happy and hopeful, and I don't feel that way right now. But I was also diagnosed, besides OCD and depression, with bipolar too. And that means I could get really incredibly happy like Superwoman. Like I come up with ideas and I think I'm going to freaking conquer the world. You know, I have these incredible ideas and some of them are really incredible. They truly are. But I blow it up in my mind, like it's just going to be, oh my God, amazing. And then I will crash down and I will have feelings of utter hopelessness where I feel that I'm just a shell, a shell of a person who I used to be when I was working. Even when I was working, winning all the sales awards, guys, I always kicked myself in the ass. Oh, I'd be getting the award and standing in front of everybody and they would be giving me a trip to, you know, Italy or wherever we were going that year. And I'd be winning all these awards and I would say to myself, fuck, if they only knew that I went home that day early, I could have made one more sale. Oh, if they only knew I'm a loser. So this is what I've gone through. Um, During COVID, it was really hard. I remember calling a friend and I remember her saying, how was your day? And I felt so shitty this day. Oh my God. I was just like, as if I just walked and fell into a manhole. Just in the abyss of darkness. You know, it's like thinking, I have nothing going for me anymore. I've gained weight during menopause. I have thyroid issues. I have all these other issues. Um, I have sleep apnea. You know, my husband's so wonderful. He could probably really find someone better. You know, I go through all this really crazy, dark thinking. And just feel alone and just feel like nobody gets me. Um, my husband gets me, but at the moment just feel like, you know, there's nowhere to go on Jewish holidays because I hardly have any family. Um, you know, why doesn't this person like me? Why doesn't that person like me? How come, you know, uh, how come I was given away for adoption? Why didn't my real father want me? Um, you know, all these things and they come and they come and they come and it's a big wave and you're in the wave and you're being pulled out, you're being pulled out. It's like you're on a helium balloon, on a hot air balloon actually, and you have to tether yourself so you don't cut all the ropes, meaning you don't, you don't go through with it, the suicide. So when I get into that place, I turn on really amazing music. Sometimes I just sleep for hours just to let it pass. Sometimes I call somebody and unfortunately people don't understand when you're feeling this low. Um, I have one friend and she's lovely, but I called her and she's like, how are you? And I'm like, I am really, I'm really in a dark place right now. I am. I'm really sad. Oh, well, I'm so much sadder than you after all. You know, I don't feel good and I'm older than you. And, you know, that's like zero support. That's the worst thing. If somebody calls you, it's not a fucking competition. If somebody calls you and they're saying that they feel dark, they feel low, they're really depressed. You need to listen to that. You know, all these people that kill themselves, they always say well, why didn't he tell anybody? Okay, first of all, anybody who's thinking these thoughts are incredibly embarrassed and ashamed of what they're thinking. And also, oh, there's something wrong with her. Let's push this away. You know, um, if you overreact to something... um, you know, like my biological father. He just doesn't want to deal with anything that's not about him. Um, and I'll get into that whole thing on a different podcast. But a lot of people are very selfish. They really don't want to care. They really don't want to know what you're going through. And you know what? Unless they go through it, they really don't get it. But what I do with the ropes in my mind off the hot air balloon is I tether myself to the ground. I tether myself by realizing I have money in the bank. I have busted my ass all these years to have a savings, a retirement and damn it, I'm gonna spend that money and I'm gonna travel and hopefully have a good rest of my life. I don't wanna die and give all my hard earned dollars to somebody. Oh, well, I'd give it to my husband, but you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of joy there because of all the money that we've put away. So that's one tether. Another thing is my dogs and my husband, I know, would be absolutely devastated if I did that. So I tether myself until I can get past the horrible feelings. And it's really like being caught in a wave. You're trying so desperately to get out of being under, of being suffocated, of feeling terrible. And you're trying, trying, trying to overcome these enormous feelings of hopelessness, of emptiness, of pain. And when you get out of that, and like for me, if I sit down for a good meal, I'm like, oh shit, thank God I didn't kill myself because this chicken Marsala is like rocking. This is like, this vegetable pizza is amazing. But it's a mental illness, guys. I want this podcast to help anybody who's listening to me. If you are having these feelings, you call the suicide hotline number and talk to somebody. Have I called the number a couple times in my life? Yes, I have. I've called the number. And you know, I still have these suicidal thinking sometimes. And what I do, it's almost just like a bad person, like one of those cartoons where you have good and bad on your shoulder, like you have the angel, you got the devil. I just tell myself right now I'm feeling like shit, but I know this feeling will pass because it always does. I have money to spend. I want to go back to Europe. I want to go to Thailand. I want to go to the... See the elephants in Thailand. All the things that I want to do. I remind myself. I listen to great music. Go get a massage. Go for a walk. Go join a meetup group. On meetup.com. Of people that you have similar interests with. Reach out to God. Um, I would say go back to church. But right now. You know, we can't go to these public places yet. But you guys, life. Oh my God, it's so precious. Every moment is so precious. And I'm looking at a picture of Christ right now on my wall. And as a white Jewish Christian woman, I just want to say thank God that I have the belief I do in God and in Christ. Thank God, that when these waves have pulled me out, and it's been hundreds of times. How many times have I thought about ending it? Oh my gosh, hundreds, hundreds of times. And I pull those tethers to make sure that the hot air balloon doesn't go away. Because once you do it, there's no turning back. You have to really, 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 really be 100% sure. So, I am doing this podcast for all the people out there that are afraid to share this with other people. They're afraid to talk about this with other people. They're afraid they're alone and they're the only ones that have these feelings you're not. And if you were to meet me in person or know me from the jobs I've had, you would look at me and say, wow, she is the most confident person. She would never think about killing herself. She is, you know, bright and cute and you know, whatever, whatever. Um, you know, she's won a lot of sales contests, and she's lived this great life and she does charity and she gives to other people and she has a kind heart. This isn't the kind of people that, that kill themselves. Uh, but it is. So what I want to tell you guys is that I hope that you're listening to this podcast or pass it on to someone who's suffering. You are not alone. Reach out turn on that music, take that bubble bath. You are worth it. These feelings will pass. At the moment, they will feel like you're drowning. It will feel horrible. I remember calling my husband once. I couldn't shake the feelings for 3 days. And I didn't want to feel this way, guys. I have I have an amazing Husband and some really good friends, a great sister-in-law. I have some really great people in my life. So it makes no sense to think these things. But it's not, it's not my fault. I know that now. You know, on my mom's side of the family, there's a lot of mental illness that I've surely inherited. And I take medication, which is helpful. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not everything, but it's definitely helpful. But I want to say to all of you that are listening, may God be with you. May you reach out to God and your friends, the universe, Mother Nature, whoever you reach out to. May you know your worth, your value, that suicide is never a solution. Things will get better, the bad thoughts will pass, and the sun will come out. God bless you all. Hang in there, guys. Bye. You've been watching, watching. You've been listening to Hi Guys, Real Talk with Tracy. Bye for now.